The what two. Company NFL Insider Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk joins us now. All right, Miles is in the house from PFT and PFT Live. Miles, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, gentlemen. How are you? We're good. Uh, you know that I stalk all you guys on Twitter to see what you're talking about, and I saw you tweet about that call at the end of the Mariners game. That is now two games in the last week or so where the home team announcers. We're like, okay, that looked like a crapola call, but we'll take it because the White Sox benefited from uh, interference at the plate that was you know, called by the uh, New York office where the White Sox got a victory instead of the Rangers. And, and Steve Stone sat there. He's one of the White Sox broadcasters. He's like, uh, I don't see the, uh, the interference or that he was blocking it. And that one last night, I don't know if people saw it. Miles, you want to describe how far out of the zone that pitch appeared to be? I mean, that looked like six inches outside in the, uh, I mean, it was basically in the opposite batter's box. I don't even think the catcher thought that that would in any way, shape or form be called as strike three. And when it gets called as strike three like that, I mean, that's, this is what I tweeted. Like that is why people are saying, well, you know what, when are the robot umps coming? Because that's the kind of stuff that furthers the argument. Like what, what does the home plate umpire have to do where that's the kind of call that he makes in a game that's ostensibly not quite over. I mean, it's a four-run game. Sure, it's not a safe situation, but you can't you can't make that call if you're going to be a major league umpire. It's ridiculous. Yep. And I see people are really into gambling. They'll tweet at Major League Baseball, hashtag integrity fee. Mm-hmm. Um, because there is a perception <laughs> issue now when sports are in bed with sports books. Um, umpires seem to be you know, with technology, we can see them make the bad calls and, uh, you know, they, they can't overturn everything. Um, we got some issues here. We got we have some serious issues. I don't know if you just heard what we were talking about with our previous guest, but this is a great media discussion. We don't have to go on and on about this. But uh, Shams, who's a you know a big personality covering the NBA, tweeted mm-hmm. out some information about the number two pick. And, he you know, hey, you know what? Scoot Henderson is really in the mix to be the pick of Charlotte at number two. And the number exploded. Well, He's got a partnership with FanDuel. And whether he right. did anything that was wrong or not, I don't know, but it's a perception thing. And But then on the flip side of it, Miles, it's it's new media. And if you don't work for a traditional outlet, like who's going to tell you you can't do that? Like I have no idea. If if you did something like that, right, if you had a partnership with a book, Miles, is uh, he's backed by a book, and you're sending out stuff during the NFL draft, and th- th- there suddenly was a perception issue, who comes down on you? Is it NBC? Is it Florio? Is it no one? Well, in that case, I, I think if it were me, I, I do think it would be NBC, but I, I think because, and I don't think Florida would like it either, just based on what I know about him and whatnot. But I, I think what you're saying is true. Even if there is no real impropriety going on, there's a perception issue, right? And with Shams, it's interesting because he works for multiple outlets, right? He, yeah. he works for The Athletic. He works for Stadium, I guess. He works for FanDuel. So it, it's like multi-tiered who do you serve first who do you serve last you know is he tweeting out that information as a member of a staff member of the athletic or is it well you know i mean it's still he has a capacity at FanDuel, so that's something that we have to think about i think you're right that it is a new media discussion that we all have to kind of have here but it it does kind of raise the question well 
can you really be a reporter and work for a sports book? And can sports books, if they employ reporters who are going to report on the NBA draft and whatnot, should they be able to accept bets on those things? Because who knows exactly where the line is of, well, we have this information and we're acting on this information and now we're taking bets on this information, even though we know it could be wrong. Miles Simmons is with us. Football expert, has opinions on everything, on everything and we appreciate that. We're going to get to a little TV I talk do. later on with our TV viewing uh, period now that the uh, you know the world of football is a little bit quiet for a couple of months. Did you see the story? I have never heard of this guy. Jake Baquette uh, told the story. He's a former Patriot. Uh, he said Robert Gronkowski used to really party it up hard. Uh, you know, he'd come in like the, like after he was done, sleep at the facility for hours, then take some IV and then be Superman and run on the field. And Julian Edelman responded to that and said, hey, Gronk was nothing but a pro. What do we do with a story like this? Do we, you know, we trust Edelman. Is he covering for Gronk? Was Gronk a lunatic? Or we trust this rando former Patriot? I don't know that we really trust this rando former Patriot that it really happened all the time because like, why would exactly would he know that? I mean, yes, you're in the same building and all, but like, I don't, I don't know. There's a, there's a certain point where you're like, mm, did you really know that guy that well? And how long were you there? And really what is your level of influence and stuff? I mean, the thing that made it a little bit more believable than not was that what he was talking about was that uh, this random Patriot guy was that Rob Gronkowski would be doing this during the off season program. So he would go and he would party on like a Tuesday night and then they'd have an OTA practice on Wednesday and he would be in the building and he'd had the IV in his arm. And I'm like, that's not the most unrealistic thing I've ever heard of because it's not like it's during the season. You know, if it's during the season, it's very different. But if you're, you know, you're doing it things in spring practice, it's like, ah, you know, whatever. You want to be in the building. You want to be around your teammates. Yeah, it's good. But like, is it really all that important, especially if you're Rob Gronkowski and you're the best tight end on the field and one of the best tight ends in NFL history? Eh, like, not necessarily. So, I mean, if Edelman says like this didn't happen and it's a and Gronk was nothing but a pro, I believe Edelman. I think that Edelman has the kind of cachet that even if it is true, we kind of should believe Julian Edelman. Maybe I'm naive in saying this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. Um, I believe in the 2000s up to more recent that that kind of stuff happens almost never that guys are annihilated and then having to recover like in the morning to get there on the field, get out there on the field. I think in the 60s and 70s, it happened a bunch. I would go up to the eighties that it probably happened a bunch. That's a good yeah. point. You're you're right. If you watch cocaine Cowboys, listen to the stories I mean, about the Cowboys and the Steelers. Yes. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe somewhat even into the nineties now, but yeah, in the last 10, 15 years, especially with the advent of the internet, I just, I don't think that yep. you're going to have that kind of thing happen, but yeah, I mean, go it, ahead, it's Miles. not, go it's ahead. not completely unheard of. No, it's just not, it's not completely unheard of. I mean, I've heard of players, you know, rumors of players, things I could never report doing certain things yeah. in their off time. So, you know, I don't know. Well, there's one thing that, that, that we can all discuss. If you've read the autobiography <laughs> of Thomas Hollywood Henderson, oh, yeah. and he talked when he was dating and having a reckless relationship with one of the pointer sisters. And one of the greatest lines in the book is there's like, and there, because he would take a nasal spray bottle, rinse it out and mix water and cocaine. And he goes, talking about the 78 Super Bowl, and there I was in the Superdome on the sidelines snorting cocaine. Oh my God. Wow. That's one of the best lines in his autobiography. Yeah. 
Talk about jump for my love. My goodness. Oh, nice. That was a good <laughs> I'm reference. I'm so excited. Yeah. Wow. Right there. I'm so excited. Yeah, was, we're all going to do it. We're, we're all going to do it now. What, I, which pointer sister was it? Was it the one who was like, automatic? No, it wasn't I don't know how she Ruth. did that with that voice. It wasn't Ruth. Uh, who we got to do this research now. Come on yeah, now. No, no, yeah. We'll get it. We'll get it. We'll, get it. we'll get it by the by, end of this. By show. the way, on this show, uh, that means Willie will spend the next 45 minutes. So way past when you're gone to get that information. It's very perfect. Just very tweet, tweet it to me or text it to me. Willie. You got uh, it. He's from PFT Pro Football Talk. Miles Simmons is with us here on ESPN Las Vegas. Um, I'm not making fun of this because uh, you it was know, Anita the, Pointer. OK, there you go. Um, this guy could have been seriously injured. Did uh, Leonard Fournette have a car issue where his car caught on fire? And then actually, I guess a lot of it just burned. Yeah, I mean, I saw the picture today on Instagram of Leonard Fournette, and I believe it was some sort of Dodge Durango. I mean, a, a person in the comments was like, oh, no, not the Dodge Durango Hellcat, because I think that would make more sense. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. what is what is Leonard Fournette doing driving a Dodge Durango? And then it's like, oh, well, if it's the Hellcat, then okay, yeah. that makes sense. But yeah, the Hellcat uh, caught fire, apparently. Oh That's a little too on the nose, right? Do a hell go watch, uh, go watch some, yeah. Yeah, Hellfire, Hellcat. Yeah, go watch some Hellcat videos of people, uh, unfortunately, driving like animals on the streets. And those things are pretty, uh, pretty wicked. So I could see someone with a lot of money want one of those cars. Um, let's deep dive. We always like to to find out more about the person, Miles Simmons, and even oh, Willie boy. Ramirez. Have you ever had a car of yours catch on fire? Not catch on fire. Uh, the closest thing that probably ever happened to it was I was, <laughs> this is a convoluted story, I guess. It's not do really, it, but yeah, it. okay. I was driving home uh, in high school. It was nighttime. I'd been in a musical rehearsal or whatever. And like, I knew my friend was behind me and uh, I could like feel the car was kind of wobbly or whatever. But my friend was behind me, but my another friend kept calling me. And I'm like, why is this other friend keep calling me? But it turns out my girlfriend at the time had taken my phone during the rehearsal, changed people's numbers in my phone, which is one of the most heinous things a person can do. You can't violation. do that. Violation. It is a total violation. So my friend was calling me because my <laughs> tire was basically like, gone like and you know me being a 17 year old i didn't really understand like oh my car feels funny i really need to pull over and stop like it was because my tire was completely flat like ruined the wheel yeah it was it was not a good time that was probably the closest thing that my car has ever come to being on fire because it was not drivable <laughs> there we go no my car's never come close to no. me and, and and as far as tires are concerned the only thing i've ever been worried about is loose lug nuts yeah the tire just falling like flying yeah. off yeah yeah, that's not uh. cool. I've never had that happen. I will. I will. This I'm not going to bet this. I will bet you that as a teen and twenty something, the I have three cars that I drove that were worse than your worst car. Do you get what I'm really? saying? Yeah. What were they? Well, I want to hear what your worst car is. You went to Columbia, so I assume like you were like, oh, I got to use Volvo as a 18 year old. It was three years old. <laughs> I had a Subaru Legacy sedan when I okay. for my first that's, car. That's that's badass. Okay, that's pretty, badass. No, I mean that's you're talking about a Volvo, right? Like that's pretty yeah. on the nose. It was, yeah. you know, it was 2002. It was gold. It was it was all wheel drive. You know, growing up in Cleveland with the snow, my mom wanted to make sure I was going to be safe. So Willie's like, I, Willie's like, I had Uncle Paul's uh, four year old Saab. My worst <laughs> car was probably one of my favorite. If if I would have known better back then, it. It could have probably been one of my best, but I it was my first car. It was a 1968 VW Beetle. 
Really? Oh, but nice. I didn't know about okay. like restoring it, dropping yeah. it, lowering it, and all that kind of stuff. So I just drove oh, yeah. it into the ground. But realistically, I mean, but here's the thing. It was the one car where I did everything myself. I'd buy the tire. Yeah. You know, I'd have it uh, have it re and put the rim back on it. I would do it. Oh, I yeah. would change the oil. I was always underneath it. I, I ripped out the back seats and refurbished the back and made it all. It, it, here's how crazy I was. 18 years old. Didn't, like I said, didn't really know about restoring cars. Mm-hmm. But I had the Craco stereo okay. with the home speaker wire going under the the carpet, and then I put the house speaker in the back. Nice. Didn't know that's, about that's, that's, didn't know about amps and all that stuff. Oh yeah, the tricks of 1986. Yeah, oh, see, the I nightclubs never... in the in the candy apple red beetle. Ooh, baby, yeah. Oh, candy apple red, man, that's awesome. <laughs> no, I mean I'm I'm a car guy. I love car. I don't work on my own car but like i am i love cars i always have i know like all of them on the road i mean that that legacy was not my worst car that was the car that had the tire issue the worst car i had was the 2014 ford focus which i totaled because i got t-boned in the really? middle of st louis yeah it was bad it was i was on the way to a rams um it was rams versus detroit lions in December of 2015, Aaron Donald had three sacks that day, and I probably covered the game <laughs> concussed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. My yeah. least favorite was a K car. Remember yep. the K cars? I had one. I have. Yep, the Reliant nice. K car. Yep, uh. FBI car. Um, all right, well, let's talk a little money since we we're talking about the uh, the lousy cars. And by the way, there are a lot of people out there, and this is the I love these discussions because there's a lot of people out there who are like, you guys had cars when you were teenagers? Wow, you're really lucky. Because we all, we all, it's all, you know, what, True. We, what we grew up in and what we experienced. Um, yeah. The more I'm reading about the Chicago Bears and the stadium thing, oh yeah, this is kind of insane. I under so the way I understand it, Arlington Heights got reassessed for taxes because all of a sudden now it's worth a lot more because the Bears are buying it. They got pissed off about the taxes. Um, I think it got reassessed at like sixteen point eight million dollars in taxes. The the schools are the biggest thing that are involved in the area in this, and they want seven point nine million. The Bears are like, we'll give you four point three. Are they really not going to go with their original plan? A billion dollar franchise, billions of dollar franchise, over three million dollars. Are we serious here? It's less than the cost of you know paying a franchise quarterback, like less than half. Like what the what the so the schools want what you said, like seven point whatever million, right? And the tax assessment was sixteen point something million. Which even if it's sixteen something million on property taxes, just pay that and get over it. I mean, I I. I understand that, you know, from a business perspective, rich people don't stay rich because they just pay things, (laughs) you know, like I get that. And like they rich people don't want to do that. And I understand it. But you know what, when it comes to trying to build a stadium and you you have all these things that you want to do, right, it's going to cost billions of dollars. So why are we really haggling over this little bit of millions of dollars? I mean, you're not you're 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 an nfl franchise you know it, it's not like we're, we're talking about uh i don't know something that's way less valuable you know so and it's one of the more valuable nfl franchises because of the strength of its fan base and even the, they're taking the the team out of chicago and moving it into arlington heights which is significantly far away from the center of the city so i just i don't like anything about this and the way that the bears are handling it there's a part of me that understands it from a business perspective and i you know whatever but like to me if we're haggling over money with schools with schools and it's this little bit 
like get over yourselves like, enough I I, yeah. I I just i don't like it not a good look at the future right uh, what's going to happen down the road over real money issues and and of course I, you know i thought kevin warren from the big 10 would come in uh clean up the organization but uh in in this case it seems like buffoonery but this is what uh, owners probably want to do so they're now yeah. working with arlington heights and taking calls from lake forest and waukegan and naperville and you know back to chicago it's 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 craziness all right um, this is a great time to catch up on TV. If you're a big sports fan, like right now you're looking around, you're like, all right, there's no football. I can watch replays of football. So Miles is pretty good on the TV stuff. And I was reading a tweet from Miles Simmons the other day, and you were mentioning Succession is over, and mm -hmm. you were touting a show, The Bear. Mm -hmm. Have you watched it, Willie? No, because I don't have Hulu. But I will have Hulu soon, oh, and okay. I can't wait because the star – is one of the stars from Shameless. Shameless. Yep. He yep. sure lip, is. Lip, lip yes. is in that. Lip. Uh, so again, based in Chicago, why do you like it so much? Uh, well, I started watching it because of Jeremy Allen White, who plays Lip and also plays Carmi, uh, the main character in um, The Bear. And I, that's how I started watching it last year. And, you know, it reminds me of if Lip were just from a different family. I mean, he's right, kind of playing right, right. the same sort of character, right? But it's a, a lot, different yes. family and he's a chef. And so it's very, very interesting. And it's just not a show that I feel like I've seen before. You know, I mean, you look at shows all the time and like there are certain things, there are certain tropes you can kind of tell the way things are coming and da, 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 da. But I just, I love how unique this show is. I think that there is no wasted scene and there's no wasted dialogue. And part of it that's kind of cool, but also a little bit annoying, but mostly cool. Like I have to watch that show with subtitles because if you don't, you're gonna miss something because there's a lot of crosstalk and the people are talking over each other. And I can see how that would annoy some people, but yeah, I just, I think the concept is so great. I love food and I love watching the process of like how they make it and they're coming up with different things for a menu. And you know, then they've got the family stuff and the drama and how that informs people's worldviews and all th all things like that i i just think it is such a brilliantly crafted show um but yeah it, it to me is absolutely the best show on tv especially considering succession is over would you ever have sent any of the food back at this restaurant yeah mm. yeah probably if it wasn't right if i if i were a medium rare steak and they give me a well done steak i'm sending it back that is i i you know i have you're a reputation right. for that there's nothing but wrong with I'm it paying for the steak and I order it a certain way, and it's not the way I ordered it. I'm sending it back. I, I have no problem with that, and I, I think that most people should not have a problem with that. I had a I had a similar situation recently. I did not send it back, but I expressed in full context and for, full explanation to the manager, and he comped the entire dinner. And now every other maybe Aces game, home game, I stop in there. He takes good care of me. There you go. And uh, yeah, but anyway, let's get back to TV. Yes, because I because I just finished, um, I just finished Manifest. Okay, because because the, the final season of the of the of the series itself. So I just finished that. Um, other things are popping up. You know, when you scroll through Netflix and you're scrolling, and if you stop on some just briefly, it'll start playing. Right, yeah, I am a huge Kim Cattrall fan, and it's only ten episodes. I'm a little wrapped up in the glamorous. Obviously, there's some storylines i'm not necessarily eh, whatever but huh keep going yeah so um <laughs> but i need i need something with here's the here's the show i need everybody's opinion on that i really okay. want to dive into but i think it's like nine seasons long 
do I get into suits? Uh, I, I, you know, I've never watched it. I've heard yes. good things about it, but I've actually, I've never watched it myself. Yeah, and it's one, one of those shows yeah. where you're right, where it's like, okay, if it's nine I, seasons, it's a big commitment. It is. And I keep it getting, has to be good. the thing is I keep getting highlights yeah. on TikTok for whatever reason on algorithms <laughs> and I'm getting all these, these clips. And then every time I pull it, I go, I look at the comments. Cause there's always someone that says, what show is this? It says suits. So I don't know That's if it's hilarious. a sign or what, but I might have to watch the first season. I'm looking at Cofield's current TV watching list. So I'm ready for suggestions because I need something to carry me into the football season. All right. We'll, you we'll know do it next week. We're, we're, we're up against it, Miles. Right. You, do you have okay. one show you want to recommend aside from the bear? One show I have been watching is Cheers because I feel like people okay. have hid this show away from me and now it's on Hulu and I've been watching I mean, it and I've been nice. loving it. Nice. All right, Miles. We appreciate a good convo. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for your time. All right, gentlemen. Take care. Now, what we could have done there mm. is young shamed him and said, Cheers. No. Yeah, watch Cheers. Have you ever seen it? Like it he's he's a younger guy. We date ourselves when we're like, You didn't see this? Like, yeah, it was before I was born. It happens. I just <coughs> excuse me. I just finally got into friends and finished that not too long ago. Took really me, took me forever. But like yeah. it or not? Yeah. Oh, cool. don't don't bring that up again. Uh, you know, know around I, one of the hosts I, on the show, Mister Crouchy. I know. He 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 finally he's the one that finally convinced me. It took me like four times to get into the office. I'll never watch it again, but I, I finished it. Keep it locked right here. Cofield and Company will return in minutes on ESPN Las Vegas. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. So during the break, you just heard uh, Doug mention that season opener announced for BGK, I mean, the season's just barely over. NHL gets right back on it, getting the hype going, right? The awards were last night. October 10th, 7.30 start, Seattle Kraken, and the banner ceremony will be held on that October 10th home game with the Kraken. I was asking you a question earlier, and I don't think you ever got it, because we went to break, and you're like, oh, yeah. Like, you immediately got it. So I was asking you about women's basketball coming up the rest of the year. Take out the postseason of the WNBA. For regular season games, what is going to be the hottest, most expensive ticket to get for a women's basketball game in Las Vegas? Will it be Aces Liberty coming up? Will it be LSU, Angel Reese, Kim Mulkey against Colorado? That is in November. Or will it be the home game? You said there's a home game, right? UNLV Lady Rebels against Arizona. Well, I think they. Think I think their non-conference schedule. Let, let, let's whatever say it is. Okay, let's say that's let's what say it, it is. is. Right. What's What's the most expensive, hardest ticket to get? Okay. Now that you word it with a price, right. I think it'll be that because of the the context that we're talking LSU. about, it'll be the LSU game okay. because of what's involved. You're talking about a doubleheader. You're talking about you know. I think the Aces Liberty coming up secondary market, and then you're trying to search. I mean, because it's probably going to get sold out here soon if it's not already. Um, but how much more of a markup are you going to get? UNLV is going to be user friendly because they're going to want to get people in. If, if it's a PAC 12 opponent that I'm thinking and they move it to the Thomas and Mac, this one's going to be big time because it's, because it's the defending national champ. How would you, how would you, uh, set up that one's at T-Mobile. So that's the biggest building, right? LSU, Colorado. There's another women's game. Uh, and that's a USC game, which has a, a local tie. Uh, there's two men's games, but one of the men's games is USC and Bronny. Right. How would you set it up if you wanted to do a, if you wanted to do two sessions? 
Do you definitely uh, do you keep do, LSU away from USC men's basketball? Yes. Or do you put them together? No, I think you put – And have like one if you super do, expensive session and the other one, you know, hopefully it sells. No, I think you put – I think you headline US uh, – you headline you, – you make the, the second men's game your opener and your defending national champion women the headliner of the first session. Okay. And then you have – you sell your local – making her come back if she plays for USC and then the USC men, the night. I wonder if that's what TV wants. Well, why not have it like that for late? You have the late, right? Cause both USC Pacific time, the LA audience that doesn't come out here will be up late earlier. You're going to have the East coast fee. Who's bigger, Bronny or Angel Reese. Let's go to break on this. Crystal Blunk's with us in a couple of minutes. Uh, announcer of all basketball. She's going to join us. She was on the aces game last night. Like she is on so many. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Willie G. Ramirez or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. or at ESPN Las Vegas. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio, studio. on ESPN Las Vegas. Willie Cofield. Five o'clock hour, let's get into some women's basketball and the Aces game last night and the game's coming up and the start to the season. Willie, we've got a special guest in. We do. Not only is she a voice for the Las Vegas Aces, but also Pac-12 Network and, and knows college basketball, so she can answer our big question. My dear friend, Krista Blunk. Welcome to the show, Krista. Hey, Willie. Hey, Steve. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. So... Well, we appreciate you coming on. So we're just having a discussion about the, the, the power of women's basketball right now. And we've got all these great basketball games coming up, uh, both professional and college. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but Angel Reese and LSU and Mulkey are coming to town in November. So I was asking about the hottest ticket in town for women's basketball the rest of the way. And I actually throw out the question, in that same event, uh, Bronny and USC are going to be here in the same event as the LSU women. Who do you think is bigger? on the national scene, <laughs> Bronny or Angel Reese? Uh, I think they're, they're both, uh, they're both superstars in, in what they're doing. I, I think uh, I, I, that's a hard one. That's definitely a hard one. I think, I think for some reason, uh, I feel like uh, the attention that Angel Reese had uh, going through the tournament and winning, you know, getting to that championship game and, and winning. And then the, the matchup with Caitlin Clark in Iowa, um, it drew a lot of attention. I think it got a lot of uh, attention and, and people's uh, eyes that maybe wouldn't normally pay any attention to the women's game. So there's something about uh, what she's doing and her marketing ability and with the NIL. And um, I think Bronny's a big deal. And I think, I think it's hard to not pay attention uh, to him as well. But uh, I might lean towards Angel a little bit right now. I kind of think she's putting herself out there a little bit more from a marketing standpoint. Krista, you have been in town long enough when, you know, even before you took over the Aces broadcasting gig, when you would come to town, whether it was Mountain West and and, and also being a part of Pac-12, wouldn't you say at this point, though, that the women's basketball fan base in Las Vegas with what Lindy LaRock has done at UNLV and now with the Las Vegas Aces, that it holds its own in that LeBronny James and men's basketball fans will have its fan base, but women's basketball can stand on its own two feet 
with the fan base that's sort of grown here? I think it's remarkable what's happened, and I think a lot of that credit has to go to Lindy LaRock. And, and you know, she's a hometown product, right? And so uh, you want her to succeed. She was such an incredible player, and she went out and became an assistant coach and got experience at different levels and then came back home, right? And so there's no doubt in my mind that she had opportunities to already be stolen and taken away by other, other conferences, other, other programs. Um, she's, she's sticking around, at least for now, and I think it says a lot about her and a lot about what she thinks about Las Vegas and the market and the fans. Um, I think it's really, really a fun – it's becoming such a fun sports town. You know, I think sports kind of came and went in and out for tournaments, and that was, that was it for a very long time. It is becoming – a major sports city, and it's really – the fans are, are just – we just saw the Knights Parade. Um, I mean, who knew there were so many hockey fans in Las Vegas, but they are, and they, 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 and they come in from out of town, you know, and that's the other thing. You will draw fans everywhere, but I'll tell you, these fans are remarkable. When we travel at other cities, there are Aces fans at every single game. I don't care what city we're in, they're there. So, um, you know, Lindy's done a, uh, just an incredible job. At UNLV, and I'm really excited to hear um, that, that LSU is going to come into town. That's going to be a hot ticket. Once again, we're speaking with Krista Blunk, play-by-play for the Las Vegas Aces, who are back in action Thursday for a much-anticipated showdown with the New York Liberty, who are currently up on Connecticut 80-70, to 542 left in regulation. Um, Before we talk about Thursday's game, Chris, let's talk about last night. Let's talk about the last two games. Let's talk about a lot of things that you, myself, and Carolyn Peck talked about during pregame in terms of level of competition and what the team has faced. And is it going to catch up to them here in these next two games against the Liberty and the Sun? We saw the fever give everything they got. I think we got a treat in watching Aaliyah Boston. She's amazing. Her footwork <laughs> and her confidence in, in challenging Asia Wilson. But just your thoughts on, you know, what they now face. In, in, in I guess it's safe to say with no disrespect to the fever or anybody else, their first true tests. Oh, there's, there's no doubt. I, I think this has been a much needed stretch for the Aces to be home. Every team goes through these waves, but sometimes depending on when this wave of maybe travel um, hits or back-to-back game scenarios, um, it, can be a, it can be a factor in, in your success or, or your lack of success on the season. Um, you know, the Aces started out on the road, the majority, I think, six of the first eight on the road, and the two games at home were a true back-to-back. Um, so, you know, it, it was not easy, an easy scenario to start the season. It was definitely... Uh, they were tested, and you could tell by the end Connecticut got them. Um, they they just had, had spent everything that they had at that point. Uh, good to be home. I think that Becky Hammond's doing a, a really nice job with how much are they practicing, how much time are they putting in, are they doing more individual work, um, you know, keeping them in condition and keeping them focused so that they get more out of small smaller amounts of time so that they are rested so that she's not, you know, wearing them out on these stretches when you're playing almost every other day because they're going to have another big road trip. They've got a couple of those, and they have a really big road trip at the end of the season, and that is not going to be easy. And you're bouncing around. You're on the East Coast. You're kind of in the Midwest. You go you know, north, in and out of different time zones. Uh, you know, it catches up to you. And when you um, 
it's not easy to, as you know, with, with sleep factors, it's not easy to travel in and out of time zones and then have to perform at the level that they have to perform in. And I know a lot of people talk about travel, but it's truly more difficult in how they have to travel to do that as well. And it does make a difference. So let's set the scene. Thursday night, battle of the two preseason favorites. Liberty are much different than they were when we saw them in the exhibition game. What can we expect? Yeah, I you know I think everybody's been been uh, looking forward to this to this matchup. Um, I think it was interesting to see the Liberty come back and and get the win against Washington. Um, you know they just kind of hung in there. They have that many superstars. Uh, Sabrina Ionescu was was spectacular. Um, Brianna Stewart, it just shows you what they're capable of doing when maybe their superstar has an off start and the majority of the game was really not quite on. Um, they're deep. They have depth in scoring. They have, they have depth in experience. They're a very similar team. They're the team right behind the aces as far as scoring points on the season. I'd love to say that, that these teams are going to hit their scoring averages. I think we could see some really fun offense, um, but they're also two very long athletic defensive teams. I could be a bit biased because I do cover the Aces. I think athletically, I think the Aces are a bit more athletic defensively than, than the Liberty, um, but there are some very good finesse players with New York. Um, I think that, you know, Johannes has really is playing better. They have Courtney Vandersloot running the point, and then you have Ionescu who, you know, you, you kind of look at her and think, all right, we ought to be able to stop her, but there's just something about her game. You know, she scored over 30 just the other night. You talked about the depth um, and Becky playing her, uh, you know, she's been able to really jump into her reserve sooner than she did last year. I think Alicia Clark speaks for herself. I mean, we never would have thought of her as a sixth woman. I think the wild card is Kirsten Bell until Raquana yeah. Williams comes back. I had a chance to sit down with her and her father at the ring ceremony game. Her father spent 20 years in prison. They were both open about it. It was a great story received well. And I just think that that's been a big burden off of her shoulders and she's playing with such confidence and she just loves where she at. Can you just talk about her play? Yeah, I just, I love her spirit. I love her energy. Um, she is a, just a consummate teammate. You know, she truly goes in and says, okay, yeah, you want to put me on the floor? I'll be ready to play. I'd love to play. and I'd be happy to, but she's not going to be at the end of the bench complaining if she doesn't get in. You know, that's the kind of teammate that she is. She is taking this opportunity to get to practice with and against some of the greatest players every single day. And she, she talks about that a lot and how important that is because she knows she still has a lot, of, a lot of things about her game that she needs to work on. What I've seen in her now in her second season from her first season is she's taking up a little more time. She tended to kind of rush things, you know, last year and, and that first year. This year I feel like she's not having to think about quite as much because um, there's just a lot of new, the new system, um, just a lot of, sorry, my dog's going crazy, just a lot of new that they have to go through. Um, so I think that she's starting to, to uh, get that down much more as far as just what they need from her. But love her effort, love her play, and, you know, I love her confidence. She has an incredible confidence about her. Um, she's ready to shoot at all opportunities. Once again, speaking with Krista Blunk, voice of the Las Vegas Aces play-by-play. Of course, you can hear her and Carolyn Peck on Thursday against the New York Liberty. So before we let you go, I got to ask you, um, I, I had to, I had no choice. I had to tag you in a tweet last night. Did you see the thread that was going on? Did I see what that was going on? 
the the tweet thread that took place the, oh. last night during the game. <laughs> Absolutely, I did see that. Interesting. Uh, yeah, there was no way I was going to let anybody slander you and Carolyn. That was not going to happen well, on my watch. I was going to say, Carolyn and I would like to just say thank you very much uh, for for standing up for us. We appreciated that. Um, she and I saw it afterwards and uh, just kind of shook our heads. You know, it's one of those things where we we kind of just had to let it go, but we were we were appreciative that that you that you jumped in. Um, it's hard to understand. You know, it's, TV is a weird thing. Um, who's controlling what and <laughs> who's doing what. And when we're talking, you know, we start talking about a variety of different things. And then, you know, I absolutely knew that they had gone to Christie's sides, obviously. And then we even mentioned the fact that their team had gotten a technical. She had got, you know, she had gotten a technical, but timing is everything. And our timing was maybe just a little off on that. So, but we thank you for standing up for us. Krista, we appreciate your time. I for sure will see you out there Thursday, and as usual, I'll see you at the pregame. Thanks for joining us today on Cofield and Company. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. See you there. There you go. Krista Blunk here on Cofield and Company. What a nightmare for her. You got the dogs in the background. Then all of a sudden, the, the uh, doorbell's ringing. Do you answer? By the way, do you answer the door? Ever? Yeah. I'm not like Sebastian uh, Maniscu. I've, I've, I've <laughs> taken that bit. I've taken his bit, except yeah. for the army crawl, and I don't have a grandmother who's hiding in the kitchen. Right. Um, I've taken that bit to heart. So the bit, the bit basically is in the old days, and you know, you, you, know, you had grandparents. We all did. You know, they'd have they'd have people over just stopping in for stuff. And Maniscalco's like we'd have we'd have the cake. You know, you always had a cake. The Entenmann's. Yeah, the Entenmann's. And then, the and, and then you get yelled at if you touch the the cake for people who come over randomly. You know, the old days you welcome people in, and now today it's like a fortress. I have a, I have a little window. I have a camera. Mm-hmm. I have a couple cameras set up out front. And then I have a little window that I can peer down and see who's at the front door. But I, it's, I would say one in fifty times when the doorbell rings, because well, well, a lot of them now are deliveries, right? And you don't really need to see them. You don't have to sign for them, right? You know, I, I have a sign. I, I got. I'm, I'm working. I have a sign. Not. We're not. I'm not. Kibitzing out front about solar or whatever religion you want me to switch to. Get out of here. I have a sign that says no soliciting, no yeah. political, no religious, nothing. I have. Please one. tell me. Make... Please tell me the other sign you have. I, Be, I, beware I of dog. No. Let that little I... muscle freak out and, and <laughs> get a hold of someone's ankle. It'll all that. That's it. It'll be done. You know what you need to do? You need to have a camera out there. Let Kalua out. Let Kalua lock onto someone's ankle and get a couple of you know free shots, and then make that into another sign. This is what happens. Vicious dog. He loves ankles. I shouldn't get so I should not get a picture of one of the two guns and said and just says I will shoot. And I think that that might be too far. Okay. You know, and instead of the, you don't have to have uh, the dog actually attack someone. You could because you have a couple of good photos where he's up on top. Where you guys go. Uh, hiking all the time. Yeah, he's up on a hill, and you just have him like and he's fully, blocked. fully flexed, yeah. and just kind of blow it up to make him like make sure he snarls. Yeah. You're like, oh my god, look at the size of that freaking dog. He's a killer. <laughs> I'm gonna show you something during the how much, break. You're how gonna, much? You're gonna love this. How much does Kalu away? Seventeen pounds. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Yeah. Wow, he is buff. Miss any of the show? We've got you covered. Head to lvsportsnetwork.com and go to podcast to listen to all of your favorite LV Sports Network shows anytime from any place. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. 
Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, Ari. We don't need uh, any more hands in the bag because we've got to take care of business here. So you do what you need to do, and we've got the grab bag all handled. Right now, we're going to give a, another listener a chance to qualify for tickets to the Aviators and a qualifier for our grand prize, which is going down weekly during the summer. Load a summer of fun with a big trip. That's a grand prize. So you qualify for that. Uh, this week's trip is five days in Maui, $1,500 cash, or you can take $3,000 cash. It's take the trip or take the cash. It's the Lotus summer of fun qualifier right now. 364-1100-364-1100 caller number seven. So, you know, after the show, you know, we've got all these videos that we're putting out. We're trying to have more and more. We roll on the show and sometimes we put out live videos, but in the evening, in the morning, we put out videos of the show, short clips, longer interviews. So, We'll put out the crystal blunk. Uh, we'll send this off to the uh, vast digital crew at Lotus and they'll process all of that for us later on. Um, when people watch the video and maybe I should have it removed, but I think it was an important part of the video. There were back-to-back moments when Krista was speaking that I grabbed my back and I was like, Oh, like trying to stretch it out. I didn't make that noise. And then I look over and you were like, Oh, like wincing in pain. Are you okay? We made you stand for three hours, and I don't think you should have been standing. You got like a hip deal or something's going on with your legs. What are you doing? You don't have to make that sacrifice. I don't, Sit down. I don't know if it's either having a shingles attack or a hip flexure, but I do have I do have issues with shingles. I just but usually it's in my face. I feel a burning sensation will come on in my head. Oh no! And you have to have the stuff on hand because if you have What's an outbreak, stuff? pills. Yeah. Vas- Valaciclovir or something like oh, that. Oh, really? It's an antibody. I thought you could get a shot and then it reduces any You can chances. get a single shot, but, you, but once you have, I mean, you still. Oh, you, you still get it? Yeah, you still, ah, have, to, you still have to have the pills on hand. So many terrible things to look forward so, to. So I feel it coming on and then I take the pill to avoid the outbreak because you don't want the outbreak where your face has just got all these shingles and pus coming oh, really? out. Yeah, but what will happen is sometimes I'll get the infection in the gums. Like you'll feel it and it just, there's a, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's like, you know what it feels like at times when you bite into the hot pizza and then the next three days, anything crunchy, it just, it just grinds. Burns. Oh, come so on. I, so I also have a specified medicated mouthwash, Paradex which is remarkable because even if you just burn the roof of your mouth with you love hot soup, the paradox is great. It'll take it, the sting out. But I think that the shingles may have shifted to the lower region because I've been getting these electric pings in the top of my quad. I don't know if it's the stress of the show. Here's the bottom line. You made my mom cry. (laughs) I know that was very upsetting. It's not the first mom I've done that to on the show. Um, Adam's mom's upset with you. She's always upset with me. His family's upset with me. He told me, uh, I don't know, like four months ago, uh, that his family was like, why is, why is he getting on you about this? Doesn't, doesn't he know all that's going on? You know, there's always stuff going on with families. I'm like, "Ah, it's the show. All that stuff goes out. It's part of it. So all that stuff goes out until I ask you at the end of the show and we start talking about pus. (laughs) (sighs) I asked, right? I asked. But you don't have to stand up. I'll tell you who was in studio yesterday. So McKinnell was doing a quick fill-in, Ryan McKinnell. And uh, I could tell. I could tell by the end of the show. Three hours of standing. 
Not a good move by him. Why do you stand? Well, I've always said I like standing because I can move around a little bit. I can gesture. And I also can push a little more in terms of voice. And I think sitting down, especially for, for you late in the day, for late, for you late in the day, I don't know people, if people follow Willie on Twitter, I think you, you might have an idea what his existence is. Like, dude, you're up at like three in the morning. I, I, I often get home and I'm like, I don't know how the guy just did the five thirty interview with Krista and was like all fired up, but you've been up all day. Yeah. But the problem is if you, if you sit, I think it makes people lazier. So when you hear like radio people too chill, I think a lot of times they're sitting. Well, and I also like when, like when we come here or when things are going well at Lowe's, like the ice box, because it gets you. Let's go, man. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're having to stay, you're having to up. move around to stay warm. Stand up. Yeah. Get fired up. You know what? Listen, I got up early today and debated whether to go to the gym. I actually didn't. You know what I ended up watching? Remember the old movie, My Bodyguard? Okay. It happened to be on, and I don't know why I sat there and watched it. Yeah. So I gave you credit. You could have just gone with it and said, yeah, I've been been up for freaking 17 hours. I thought it was like a really hard day. Four workouts. I still went to the gym. Good job. Good job. Good job by Ari. Great job by all of our guests. Thank you so much, and uh, make sure you check for the videos up on Facebook and Twitter and audio archives of the show at lvsportsnetwork.com.